Hi, I'm Carlin Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. Collaboration. Collaboration seems to be the new teamwork. The term collaboration, I think, is used a lot, especially in the work environment, to collaborate across teams or with different groups of people and different departments. But also, of course, it means collaborating with people within your own team, creating something together, whatever that may be, whatever you know type of industry that you're in. I am a huge believer in collaboration. I don't think a lot of people would say that they're not. Um, I think that would be weird, right? To say, oh, I hate collaboration. I don't like that at all. I don't ever want to work with other people and try to you know, build something better. Even if people maybe deep down sometimes are actually thinking that and they don't really want to work with other people. I, I mean, it really has been proven. If you look at any major invention, anything over time, it takes a bunch of brains coming together to solve a problem, coming up with creative solutions, brainstorming. Uh, I think you catch more when you have diverse uh, opinions in the room. You see things from a 360 angle, every point of view. And it really shouldn't matter where you're on an org chart. You know, people get weird about that. You just bring people together to build on each other's thoughts and spark new ideas. And it really can be, when it works, freaking magic, just pure magic. I actually am really, really blessed and fortunate that I have a team, and I get to witness that every week with them. When they brainstorm, they practically finish each other's sentences, they build each other up, but even if they have different points of view from each other, they share it, they say, oh, I see that, that makes sense, I, I, get, I can get on board. And even when they don't, they trust each other imp- imp- like completely to share with each other what's on their hearts and minds. You can tell that they don't hold anything back and everything comes together and they build something together and they agree upon things and it's just it's amazing to watch i mean it really is it is magical and honestly there's nothing nothing better for a leader than to see that in action and just be super proud and super happy um helen keller said it very very well alone we can do so little and together we can do so much and i i believe that you really can't get by on your own in anything in this world. Um, nobody is successful by themselves. Um, it You just can't be. You either have people who mentor or coach you or believe in you or who hire you or teach you or train you or listen to your ideas and champion you. I mean, we all need other people. That's what humans are built for. So why don't we experience this magic of collaboration more often and, and the positivity of it? Because what's really the reality that I have sadly seen a lot in my life is um, what collaboration ends up being more often than not is like the dreaded group project that you had in college where there's always somebody who doesn't pull their own weight or somebody who digs their heels in in the room or trying to get group consensus is like impossible. It's like being a jury, a foreman on a jury, which I have done before and is not a fun job. 
Uh, it's time consuming. It's frustrating. It can be in endless meetings trying to get everybody to talk. Everybody has an opinion, but then nobody wants to make the final decision for the risk of, heaven forbid, someone gets blamed. Uh, and, and that, to me, is evidence that people in that room don't trust each other if they're worried about who gets credit or if they're worried about who gets blamed for something. That's evidence of, of people not trusting. Coming in the room, not really also, there's a lot of people come in the room, not really to collaborate, but to push their own agenda, push their own thinking. And they're going to have a one-track mind, one, doesn't matter what it is. People also can get very territorial, or they won't even share ideas, and then they'll go off and do it on their own. They'll go rogue, or they really don't have any desire to collaborate anyway, um, so they're not going to even give in to it. They're just sitting there because they were told they needed to be. And then sometimes you also see like the assertive people with high courage overrun the people who maybe are more of a digester and need time to think and process or are a bit more introverted about things or the format of the meeting works for some and not for others. Some people think collaboration is them sharing their ideas with you and then telling their higher ups that they quote unquote collaborated with you just to check it off the list. I mean, and people who don't just collaborate with you when you're a stakeholder or a subject matter expert because they're just super insecure of themselves. So again, they try to keep everything close to the vest and it's all mine. And anyway, it's just, yeah, tons of reasons why collaboration doesn't go well in whatever environment you're working in, going to school in, playing in, pastoring in. It can be so maddening, so frustrating, and can be debilitating. So as a leader, how the heck do you get a group of unique individuals to collaborate? All right, well, this week, I got some ideas. We're going to sip like Sesame Street, and all the sips are going to be brought to you by the number seven and by the letter C. All right, so let's get sipping. First, first sip, consistently model the mindset. So, so as a leader, you have to walk the talk with your team. Virginia Burden, this is a great quote, cooperation is the thorough conviction that nobody can get there unless everybody gets there. When you walk into a room in a group setting, you first have to get your own mindset in the place of this is about the greater good. This is about what the end goal and the vision is. This isn't about disagreement or someone's opinion or, you know, all the petty kind of org you know, organizational group dynamics that may go in the room. If you're modeling that mindset, you are setting, you are going to set the positive example in the room. Don't like level yourself down to someone else pulling something be in there and be a voice for that and say hey guys this is about all of us not one of us second tip care and concern for what other people in the room do care about i think this is extremely important i think so often more often than not people come into a group situation a meeting any kind of forum with their own agenda with their own thoughts with their own feelings and very, very stubborn about that's what I want to talk about and that's what I'm going to get out there. But what if you flipped that and maybe didn't say a whole lot, but truly dug into what everybody around that table or Zoom room cares about and really understood like, oh, that person, this is what they care about. This is where their head is. And by doing that, you are going to be able to truly connect better with people but also, I think, open up the minds of everybody else in the room, too, and help everyone get out in the open. Like, what is it that we're all trying to bring forward that we need? Like, for some people, it might be, well, my boss needs me to represent because of X. 
or someone else in the room may be, you know, their their version of being a stakeholder in the room is, I need to achieve why. So figure that out and show how much you do care and you are concerned about the fact that they have pressure on themselves too that's different from yours. Um, one, I love this quote by Simon Sinek too. A team is not a group of people that work together. A team is a group of people that trust each other. And the only way that you're going to build trust is by showing other people that you do care and be being vulnerable yourself to walk into that room and say, hey guys, I'm under a lot of pressure because I need to deliver on whatever, my leader or my area or my line of business or client, whatever that looks like for you. This is what, you know, my needs are out of this. And I just want to be honest. I just want to be transparent and authentic and see if that opens up the gate for other people to kind of share some of the same things. Because often we are thrust upon each other in a group setting and we didn't ask for it. Um, And so the more you can build trust in that group, the more that that magic of working together and sharing is is likely to happen. All right, second, or sorry, third sip. Um, Clarity. You need clarity of roles and responsibility around that table, around that Zoom room of who's doing what and who is going to be doing what. But you also have to have clarity around who ultimately are the decision makers. So I've sure, I'm sure everyone's heard the term analysis paralysis or you know death by consensus, unfortunately. But it is true. At the end of the day, you still do need to establish a role for everyone and a role of where does the buck stop? Where truly is the project manager, the account manager, the leader, the who is the, the ultimate decision maker and client in this? Because especially when you get into a place where if you're not agreeing, you're not sure, or you have a couple of different options and you need someone maybe with an objective opinion or someone to come from the outside into something, even being clear with that will make things a lot better up front. Next tip, communicate. You have to be open, you have to be honest, you have to bring your voice to these situations in order to collaborate. And don't suffer in silence in your quote-unquote group project and allow frustration to fester and then just check out because that's not helping you. I guarantee all you're going to do is simmer on the inside and don't ditch the meeting series because you just can't or, you know, just don't want to deal. You have to speak up and you have to use your voice because things will never change if you don't. Sometimes if if there's someone in the room, it's like it's really bothering me the way they're acting or they're sharing something or whatever, then be a grown-up, pull them aside, talk to them one-on-one, and share that. But you have to be make sure that like everything is about the greater good. So you want to use your individual voice and share your opinion at any time, even if it does go against the grain, because really it's all about the greater good. Um, but sometimes that greater good means being the lone voice in the room to share that, oh, gosh, if they do this, if we do this, it's not going to go well, or this might cost the company way too much money or whatever. But people need to hear from you in order to understand what your motive is in order to trust you. So don't sit there. Don't suffer in silence. Don't just be a fly on the wall. Engage and talk to each other. And if you see something wrong, say something. All right, next tip. Cast aside others' behaviors and actions because you cannot control them. I know this is easier said than done. I do this all the time. I let the actions of others frustrate me. And like, especially when you have those people who are just that insecure that they don't want to work with you, they don't want to collaborate, they don't see that if we all just like 
you know, joined together and did things together and created wonderful things together that we'd all be more successful because of our own stupid insecurities. Oh, trust me, I could do a whole podcast just about that topic on and of itself. But I think the most important thing is you, you can only control yourself. You can only control your actions. You can only bring your attitude, your positivity, you know, your words into a room. You cannot control what anybody else says and what anybody else contributes or doesn't contribute. And I know that's not fun to hear, but even that group project, when someone ultimately isn't always pulling their weight, what does the rest of the group do? Well, you still do the group project, right? Because the rest of you care and you're there in it for the long haul. I know it's not fun that you don't want to, you know, just drag people in, but this is going to pull your focus if you're so obsessed with other people's behaviors in the room and what they're doing or not doing. It's going to pull the focus and it's going to pull what you can contribute completely out of whack. So just cast aside what other people are doing and saying in that sense. Uh, The next step, credit. So another quote, Harry Truman, amazing what we can accomplish if no one cares who gets the credit. Isn't that the truth? I think this also speaks to the mindset that you need to have for collaboration. As a leader, you should always reward people um, for being an encourager, the integrator, the collaborator, the idea generator, you know, but not in a have and have not kind of way. I think it's it's one of those tricky things that when you're giving credit to a group, you want to give credit to the whole group, and you definitely do not want to coach people into thinking, well, I did more than they did, so why do they? Why do we all get the credit? Hence the group project mentality, right? Well, we still turn our, our assignment. That guy still got an A, even though he really did F work, and we did the rest of it. That doesn't matter at the end of the day, right? It's we did it, we accomplished it, we made it happen. But I guarantee people know where the work comes from. They know who's doing the work. It, you don't have to throw other people under the bus. You don't have to go, well, why do they get the credit and I don't? Do you, do you hear that? You sound like a spoiled brat when you start acting that way. But then as a leader, I, th- I do think this is where it comes into play too, is really paying attention to who's contributing and who are playing those roles of collaborator, integrator, you know, idea generator, who's really, you know, showing leadership in these situations and tell them, just be like, hey, you know what, on that group project, I know that was you that really, you know, came in there and did that awesome job. Or I know that that was, I noticed you were really encouraging other people to, you know, come together and speak up, blah, blah, blah. You know, be really specific about the behaviors that you saw. Be observant, pay attention. And make sure they know. It's like, I see you. I see your contributions too. And then last tip, cheer. Reward collaboration over the individual contributions. I know this sounds like I'm going back on what I just said, but I'm not. Um, I'm saying that this is where I see why people do not um, engage other people in groups, why they take their own ideas and run them up the flagpole and leave other people, you know, in the wake. Because... People at higher levels or certain leaders might, um, they reward an individual contribution. They go, oh, you had that good idea? Wow, that is a good idea. Good for you. Instead, as leaders, what we should be saying is, hey, that is a really cool idea. Did you talk to this group? Did you talk to that group? Did you engage other people in that thinking? Did you X, Y, and Z? Like really encourage them to, hey, I want you to bring in other people to make sure that we have resources, we have thought through this, we have stakeholders that are all engaged and buying in too. 
don't just reward individual contribution, reward the group contribution and reward group collaboration. And the way you reward that will also encourage the type of cultural behavior and norms in the work environment. I think because people reward people who step on other people, who steamroll other people, then other people see that behavior and then they think it's okay. And they think, oh, well, I don't need anybody else. I just have to run to the person with the best idea first. And of course, that's going to leave a bad taste in other people's mouths. And frankly, sometimes those people are rewarded or get promoted or whatnot. But I guarantee the truth always wins out. What goes around always comes around with them because Once you've done that and you know what that person's about, when they do need people, and I promise you we always are going to end up needing each other, needing other people, then there's no one there around them. There's no one there to catch them. There's no one there to help them. There's no one there to be a resource to them to help them get their ideas um, made and pushed through and driven and results. So even those few times that that happens, that is not the way to go about doing things. Um, Reed Hoffman is the co-founder and executive chairman of LinkedIn. Probably knows a little something about connections and collaboration. He said, no matter how brilliant your mind or strategy, if you're playing a solo game, you'll always lose out to a team. And it's so true. So instead of getting your game face on, how about getting your team face on? Go on. Make a pot of coffee, not just a cup for yourself. So we can do bigger and better things together bigger and better things that you could just never have even imagined alone. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, curlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.